You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We're approaching Rosh uh, Hashanah, Yom Kippur, beginning of the year, the, the um, new year, the special days of the year, the high holidays, they're called Vilashen Am. We'll focus a little more on Yom Kippur, but certain Nakudas of today also applies to Rosh Hashanah as well. No, Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. It's the day that every single Yid, no matter any of his background, what he considers himself, from, not from, reform, conservative, all, automatically he has this editus, an awakening. Yom Kippur, you see people, they, they didn't come to Shul the whole year, all of a sudden, you know, they're showing up in Shul. Interesting to note that in Eretz Yisrael, the one day a year that they shut the airport, the airport is shut on Yom Kippur. And all the, what I was told, that all the highways, the big high, all the streets are closed. And today we want to try to understand what's so special in particular on this day Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is called Kippur, which means comes the word of Kapara, which means forgiveness. The day that Hashem forgives us on everything we did. This is the day, and this all started after Cheta Eagle, this is the day that Hashem told Meshe Rabbeinu after he stood there for 40 days from the beginning of Chedesh Elul. On Yom Kippur, Hashem told him, Salachti Kidvorecha. On the idea of Kapara, forgiveness, there's a joke which is told. There was once a uh, rabbi which was together with a mufti which was, and a galach, a priest. They all got together. And they were saying, listen, we each one, we always forgive people. People come to us, they confess, and we forgive them. But who's going to forgive us? What about the things that we do? We have no one to confess to. They decide, you know what, let's confess to each other and we'll forgive each other. So they say, okay, so the Mechavah, the priest starts first. He said, listen, sometimes people make donations to his institutions and he takes up strumasumisis. He takes a, a little more than uh, what he deserves. Right, so that's what the priest said. The priest told the um, told them that sometimes I take more. I take from the tzedakah. I steal. Fine. The rabbi and the mufti here say forgiven. As the mufti, the Muslim, what happens by you? He said, listen. Sometimes on Ramadan. It's uh, during the summer, it's hot. I get hungry without it. When, I, when no one sees, I go into my office and I eat a little bit. I cheat a little. Rabbi and the priest say, Oy vey, terrible thing. You know what? Mochulach, forgiven. And they turn to the rabbi. And the rabbi says, listen, you know, people always come to me and tell me their stories. They tell me their sins. My problem is sometimes when people tell me some juicy stories, I can't hold myself back, and I go and I tell all my friends. This is the, in order to understand the idea of Yom Kippur and why this day forgives, let's look inside what the Gemara says about it. There's a Gemara in Shavuos, Tafyur Gimel Amad Aleph. Gemara says as follows, there's an interesting machlekes between Chachamim and Rebbe. Chachamim say, Yema Kippurim ain't mechaper el alashavim. Yom Kippur only forgives to those which do tshuva. On the other hand, Rebbe disagrees. 
And Rabbi says that Yom Kippur, the Russian is, Rabbi Eimer, I'll call Averis Shabbatera, Bein Asachuva, Bein Asachuva, Yom Kippur, Mechapen. Say if you did Shuva, say if you didn't do Shuva, any Averis Yom Kippur always forgives. Right? That's the Machalikas. Now, the Halacha is, like Chachamim, that you actually have to have Tshuva as well. It's not just enough just to come by the day Yom Kippur and you're good to go, but you actually have to do Tshuva as well. Now, the Rambam, which is one of the great Peskim, brings the Mokr, the source, why Itzumu Shoyim Mechaper, why the day of Yom Kippur itself forgives. There's a Lashon of the Rambam. This is from Milchus Tshuva. Itzumu Shoyim Mechaper Lashavim. He brings the Pesach, because this day will atone for you. Meaning this day, the day itself atones for you. It's not any snowing. There's no conditions within this. Now what's interesting is that the Rambam brings this Pesach that the day of Yom Kippur itself forgives, although he himself holds, like Chachamim that we stated earlier, that you do have to do tshuva. What's pshat? So, the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the Kutusichis explains this some, and he says as follows, have to, we have to say that gam das chachamim, that even according to chachamim, Yom Kippur itself has the power to forgive. But, in order to let this power go into effect, there's a tznai, there's a condition. The tznai is you have to do tshuva. Meaning to say as follows, the actual kaparel is like the Rambam brought from the Pasuk, Yom Kippur itself forgives. In order to reach that forgiveness, so there's a condition, it's like a stepping stone in order to get into the doorway. And that is, you have to do tshuva. And if so, we want to run into an issue. You have to understand. The the idea of kapara, this is just a quote from Tanya, and it's mentioned in other places as well. Kapara is a lush in kinuach. Shemekaneach lichlo chachetz. Kapara means forgiveness. Meaning, but it's not just forgiveness. Okay, you did something bad, I forgive you. Kapara means you clean it up, meaning it's not dirty anymore. Meaning, for example, a person did something bad. And then he regretted it. He worked on himself and now he's doing better. He's changing it. So if a person's working on himself and he changes himself, I understand why you could forgive him. But if a person didn't do anything, he didn't do anything. It just this special day came and you want to take it off. That's it. So how does that clean him up? This is similar to say, let's say there's a king, which on his birthday, he has, a, he has a special custom on his birthday. He forgives everybody for whatever they did. So someone who did something wrong on the day of his birthday, he's forgiven. Forgiven in a sense that they're not going to be punished. But you can't say that this guy is a clean white sheet. He's putter from a punishment. But not that he's clean. You're still dirty. You yourself are still dirty. You didn't because you didn't do anything about it. So how could Itzumi Shoyim, how could the day of Yom Kippur itself be mechaper, be mechaneach? How could that clean? I can understand that it can exempt you from a punishment in honor of the day. But how could it remove 
the dirty the, the dirty things that you did? How can I make the person bright and clean as he was before? In order to understand this, I'll bring a very fascinating thing that the connection between B'nai Yisrael, the Yidin, and the Abishter, there are three levels. Now I want to give an example. Sorry, the three levels are, I'll say the three levels and then I'll go on to the example. There is one connection bond between Abishter and Yidin, and that is Inish, reward and punishment. You do good, you get, you get rewarded. You do bad, you get punished. Second level is the concept of tshuva, as we'll explain. Third level is what? Essentially connected. Not dependent on any action, thought, or speech. Not on tshuva. Essentially, you're connected. What does it mean? So I'll give an example. A child, father and child, father and son. So you have the normal relationship, that, right? The typical father tells the kid, listen, you're in school. You got a good mark in your test. I'll buy you a prize. I'll take you for ice cream. You got a bad mark. You're not coming. Everyone else is going. You're not coming. Very simple. If you didn't do something wrong, maybe you'll get punished. You have to sit in the corner. That is scharva inish. You do tailored mitzvahs. You get a prize. You get ganadin. You don't do. You get ganadin. Simple. Then there's tshuva. Tshuva is a lot greater. Tshuva only applies by father and son relationship. For example. Imagine, let's say, in work, right? In, in, take example in IDT or any job. If a worker tells the boss, if a, the boss tells the worker, listen, if you worked, you did your hours, you get paid. That's what you deserve. You didn't work, you don't get paid. Man, the guy said, no, tshuva. I know I didn't work for the whole week, but I really regret it. And I really come to the decision that from now on I'm going to behave and come to work on time and I'm going to work every single day properly, my full hours. What's the boss going to tell him? I'm not paying you for this past week. I know you, you regretted it. So what? When you work, you get paid. You don't work, I'm not paying you. Father and son, no. Father and son. The father told his son, listen, you get 100 on your test, you get ice cream. You don't, you're not coming. You're not getting ice cream. And the kid doesn't get 100. The kid comes home and the father says, well, I'm sorry, you can't come. A deal's a deal. And the kid said, yeah, but I really feel bad. I realize I messed up. I realize that I didn't study enough for my test. And the next time I will do it. And the father says, you know what? Because I see you're going to change, I accept your change. And I'm going to give you ice cream even though you don't deserve it. That's tshuva. So you see, it only exists in a father and son relationship. Not in a boss and employee. But that's not the whole thing. Then there's a third level the essential connection between father and son. For example, there's this child, a teenager. He's in high school. His older brother was the goody-goody, the best kid in the school, always got rewarded. Parents had so much nachas. But this one, Oya Baruch, from day one, from elementary school, already is making service. Now in high school, literally every other day he's being kicked out and the principal doesn't want to keep him anymore and he can't handle him. And then one time he got caught with drugs and they kicked him out of school and now he's home. And within the home, 
one day his father sees that he offered drugs to his, uh, to his younger brother. And his father says, Ad can, until here. Enough is enough. So you're the Shanda of the Mishpacha, but I can't have you home if you're ruining other children. And the father sends him off. Because you know what? You're sending me off. That's it. I don't have absolutely no connection with you. And from then on, they don't talk. And this is going on for a few years. Father doesn't want to hear. Besides, this is everything else in his life was great. His business is great. His family was great. But this one kid, it's like messed up everything. And therefore, he just cut it out of himself. And that's it. I don't want to hear from it. And if you ask a father, what about you? What's going on with your son? He says, I don't want to talk about it. Sorry, I can't talk about it. Not part of my family anymore. But then one day, his father is in a business meeting. Five minutes into the meeting, he gets a call. Gets a phone call. Who's calling from the hospital? I'll tell you, this so and so? He said, Yes. As you should know, your son was riding on a skateboard in the streets, and he got into a major car accident. And he's in critical condition. And he's in room so-and-so. The father stops everything he's doing. He says, excuse me, I have to stop the meeting. I got to go. And he rushes to the hospital to go see his son. What's Pshat? What's going on over here? Five minutes ago, if you would ask him, hey, what's the story with your son? He wouldn't want to talk to you. He said, don't talk to me about it. I'm not interested. I have no connection. I have no shaykhs with him. Now, all of a sudden, in the middle of his business meeting, he drops everything and he goes. What is it? It's because a father and son, you can The fact is, it's a father and son. And they're essentially connected. It can never be erased. It's always there. At times, it can be hidden, concealed. But certain moments bring it out. Either times of great, you know, there's something bad happening the same thing let's say sometime by a wedding when their spirits are uplifted a family can reunite as well now let's apply this to Yidna and the Eibishter there is a concept with Yidna and Hashem also we have the same thing there is a level of connection of Yidna and Hashem that is Inish, reward and punishment if you do Torah and mitzvahs, you get rewarded. You get Ganeidin, Elam Haba, etc. Then there's higher than that. Then there's a concept of tshuva. What's tshuva? That even if you don't deserve it, you messed up. You don't deserve. The boss is not going to pay you if you didn't do your work. But a father will accept the repentance of his child. Hashem accepts us. That means we have a high level of connection with Abishter. But more than that, even if we didn't even do tshuva, a child that cut off from his family, cut off from his father, father doesn't want to have any shaykhs with him. He doesn't want to have any shaykhs with his father. Comes a special moment, a certain moment in life when something tragic happens or when something extremely good happens and the spirits are uplifted and this essential connection gets awakened. It's my son. I want to connect with him. And that is what happens in Kippur. In Kippur is the time that Hashem looks above everything. 
doesn't matter if he did the right thing, he didn't do the right thing. It doesn't even matter if he did tshuva or not. It's my son. I don't want to have a shaykhis with him. And this thing is brought out once a year on Yom Kippur, which on Yom Kippur is the one time a year that the Kayan Gadol, which is the representative of Kalah Yisrael, goes into Kedush HaKadosh. And in the Talmud Yerushalmi, it says, regarding this the concept of the Kayan Gadol going in, it says, that no one should be in the Oyomid when he goes to ask for forgiveness until he leaves. And the Yerushalmi says, not just that no humans are allowed to be there, but even more than that, even those that it says that their face are like the face of humans, meaning they're not actually humans, even the Malachim are not allowed to be there, not allowed to be there. When the Kayan Gadol is there. Because this is a special time when we have our special connection. Our special connection, our central connection with the Rebbeinu Shalom is brought out on Yom Kippur. And therefore, Yom Kippur itself forgives because Yom Kippur, we bond with the Ebrister on such a level that nothing else matters. There's a, that level of father and son. It doesn't make irrelevant what happened. It's father and son. And our job is to reveal that connection. The connection's there. Just bring it out. And let's finish with Yehidot. That we should uh, use up these days, these Yom Yerayim of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And use that, bring out that special connection that we have with the Ebishter. And uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but I'll mention it now. There's also Meduyuk in the Loshin. Asara Yomim Shebein, Asara Simei Tshuva, Shebein Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It's called the 10 days of Tshuva. Technically, if you look between Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you only have seven. Meaning that there's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur also included in these days. But it says Shebein in between. Which basically shows that Roshani Yom Kippur have an aspect of tshuva in them. But then there's the concept of Roshani Yom Kippur, which is higher than that. This is regarding Yom Kippur. Regarding Rosh Hashanah, there's also the similar idea. Rosh Hashanah is the day we crown Hashem as king. If the king is not your king, then you, the rules don't start. No rules apply. And you don't even have to do tshuva for not obeying the rules because he's not even your king. So first we have to connect the essential connection with Hashem, with the king. Make him our king and then all the supplies and tere supplies and shuvah applies, etc. And Yehidatsun will finish off. For everyone, you can say, uh, Finish off the year and it's close. We should have a that the Ebrister should show us ploys, big miracles. I'm sure only be good to Zachen and good to Psudas for all Yidin. If anyone has any questions, bring yeah. it on. Yeah. Well, we came in a, you know, it's hard to ask any questions on Avada Kedushas here in Makipurim, Rabbi Avramel. And clearly, we're not going to be chayshish. But obviously, we want to, I think, emphasize, as the Rambam says, that that's, that Yom Kippur is still a yoyim mesugal 
I think what we have to do is both, as you say. We have to recognize Truva and beyond, that Yom Kippur is really a time uh, when we clap al chet and we do vidui and we actually say shali echtaoid, and we have all the three halokim of Truva. We should be doing this right now, not just in Yom Kippur. But I think, I think the point is, is that um, Avada, you know, it's a, uh, it, it, finding the essence means change for the year as well. Finding that essence means it's not going to be a different, a different Hanhoga. It's not going to be Shalei Echtaoid. And I think that that's, that, that's what allows you, I think, to see Tshuva as real. As you were saying before, by the way, it's of course it's the Rashi and Parshas Kisisa. That's Ulai Chapra. That's where you have that Loshin Rashi says Kaifar, right? Is Loshin Kinuach Ustima, right? That's the that's the uh, Tanya is built on that that Rashi, that the uh, Kinuach. So I think really, you know, when you, when your question is how does the Avera go away, the 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 Hisgalus of the Atzmius, I believe, is the idea of ikinuach, right? When you have the atzmius is niskala, so there's no greater kinuach and stima than that. That, of course, means the avera doesn't define you. The avera and the chet that you did isn't your essence. So I think that's just just a leg to uh, a nakuda to what you were saying. That's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, as we say, we always welcome Rabbi Hamel, Rabbi Avram, I'm also a Vremel, a Vremel, and a Vremel. So there's, uh, there's always Kshorim. And Mitz uh, Hashem, we build on these Kshorim Biyachad. Uh, and then, uh, like we say, it should be uh, from, from the, 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 the Hisgalus of, of, of Yom Kippur, it should, should wipe away. It should wipe away, uh, as you said, not only the Lichluch of the Avedus, but the Ale Lichluchim and all these, the, the Machlus, which are, of course, a Yotze Poyol. I know I'm not one of these people that say that you can that you can um, you know, blame whatever is happening. I think that that you're in a you're in a bad shape when you say Corona came because of this or this came because of that. But zikr, this is an oilum that's not And I think, as you said, uh, and I just want to say one other tafshin peyalif. It should be tiyeshana pachodim. Amitim. In other words, we attack have pachad. We should have the pachad of the, the true things. The pachad of the pachad of pachad adin, pachad of saying Loshanora, pachad, right? In other words, we learnt pachad this year. I think we've all Mark, I think you also assume we've we've learnt what it meant, what it means to be afraid, to be scared of you know, Yira and Pachad. Pachad is always about something that that there's Ema, which is right in front of you, and the Pachad, which is something that might happen. We all have Pachodim. We've, we've developed Pachad. But we should have Pachad for Dvarim Amitim as well. So that's, you know, that Pachad and Yira Salakim, that, that Pachad should be developed within us, the Bechinus of Yira. So that's my little Hesofa to, to, to the Ha'or. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.